I'm Aaron Prince-Staley, and you're listening to the Podcast Preview, where I tell you about a podcast that you are going to love. Today's show has a guest co-host. He's the host of Media on the Radio podcast, Devin Gallagher. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. So, Devin, I know you're a podcast fan. Tell me about your relationship with podcasts. I think I first got into podcasts with the Nerdist podcast, actually. And what I found was interesting about getting into the Nerdist podcast was the rags to riches story. Yeah. You know, Matt Myra was working at the Apple store when they first started and Chris Hardwick was making a rebound in his career. He had kind of a long stint actually as an alcoholic, which he talks about a lot. Um, But first started off back in the 90s uh, working on MTV, singled out, and then he kind of came into this working with podcasts. Wasn't the first podcast, but um, really it was kind of interesting to see how fast they grew. And it was also interesting to see and to talk to some of my friends that were really into the podcast too, and I had no idea. And they listened to every episode. Yeah, the thing with Nerdist, Nerdist is interesting. I jumped into Nerdist about episode, I don't know, 150 maybe. And I also did, I mean, I got into podcasts from Kevin Smith, which I think is another one of the, he's one of the old podcasts. Um, And from there, I sort of started listening to Nerdist. And uh, even from episode 150 of that show, which is years ago now, back to episode one of that show it's amazing how far they've come how far podcasting has come as a legitimate medium and how far they've come as far as recognition right the first episode of nerdist he had i think it was tom lennon was the guest who is i mean he's like a high-powered producer i guess but he's also just sort of a comedian who's friends with chris hardwick and cut to last year they had uh tom cruise on the show just chatting with the guys you know it's it's wild how far that stuff has come and also just the the way in which they finally realized like this is how we reach audiences and the audiences you know the 1835 year olds that are going to buy all the star wars gear that <laughs> that all the, the studios want access to that those are the audiences that yeah. they're really reaching well that's another thing is the uh you know the nerds is cool now thing and that, <laughs> that's uh, the hollywood handbook is a great show and that's one of their sort of running uh, bits is ner- nerds is cool now but it's chris hardwick is like a cool like culture guy like people pop look icon. to yeah he's a yeah. pop that's it they see he's a pop icon for being literally for being a nerd who's cool now right <laughs> you know i don't know that's that's a cool thing about nerdist so um and and i'm sure you don't just listen to nerdist now right i'm sure you listen to a lot of other podcasts um are there any that are real touchstones for you right now that are your sort of pillars? Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of professional development podcasts, but um, and the kind of the the NPR suite, sure, if you will, um, high <laughs> of, quality stuff of, of podcasts. <laughs> uh, but w- one one of my one of my favorites, which is r- what we're going to talk about today, is you made it weird with Pete Holmes, and it's you know one of those things. It can kind of go anywhere, and it's a it's a it's it's two hours long, right. which is a commitment, but you know, I, I find it to I find it go pretty fast. Yeah. So you made it weird is an hour long, I guess, two hour long chat show from Nerdist. Um, and I, f- I think it has a lot of um, parallels to Nerdist. It's only got the one host where Nerdist has three three hosts on the show sometimes anyway. But I think it, it walks an equally uh, sort of thin line between being a, a pure comedy show and and being a sort of chat and like get deep show like WTF with Mark Marin, right? Marin's Marin's a comedian and his comedy is very funny, but his 
podcast isn't usually funny. Right. Whereas Pete Holmes' show usually is funny, but he's also kind of trying to get get deep here, you know, like 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 Marin is with with his show. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm talking like I know a lot about Pete Holmes' podcast, but I've I've heard maybe I've heard maybe three episodes of Pete Holmes' show at this point. So um, Devin's here to tell me what's good about Pete Holmes, and by the time we're done talking about it, uh, I'm sure I will be a subscriber to the Pete Holmes show, and uh, hopefully you will too. Um, so Devin, why don't you show us something you like about the Pete Holmes show, which is called "You Made It Weird." I keep calling it the Pete Holmes show, which was the name of his talk show. Correct. So th- this is also something he his just to give a little background because it I think it's the what he talks about a lot on the podcast, which is what informs the content that he that he puts on. It, he actually started off, you know, as a he was. Um, grew up as a Christian, very devout Christian, and kind of almost kind of fell out of his faith and then went really hard into stand-up comedy, right. which is kind of not necessarily opposed to one another, but um, he he this podcast talks a lot about kind of finding another way of having faith. And I kind of related to that being a growing up Catholic and kind of falling off of that sure. as a as a religion, as a faith. In, in the way in which he can kind of reframe a lot of those conversations, he actually brings a lot of people from different religions on, as well as people that are into transcendental meditation and all kinds of other Buddhism, all kinds of other perspectives that, but then with kind of a, a, a comedy bent. That's cool. It. That's actually, that's interesting to me. I actually grew up as an Orthodox Jew. So that's definitely coming from somewhere <laughs> that's very specific coming out of it and sort of going like, all right, now how do I look at all this stuff? What what lens can I use now? That's that's a really interesting thing for me. And I've heard Pete Holmes guest on a lot of podcasts. That's mostly where I know him from. And he always manages to bring in some metaphysical, philosophical uh, something into it. He, it. I can tell not having listened to his show that much that that's what he's all about. It's kind of the conversations that you had in college that you know he said he, he said he went to a, a, a Christian college and and you know it was kind of a small Christian college and it's kind of those conversations you have sophomore year of college where you know you're you're thinking deep you're you're looking into the realities and and it's kind of fun yeah. to have these types of conversations so that's really what he he dedicates his his podcast to that's awesome all right so this clip is going to be Gary Shandling and Gary Shandling is as you know is a very famous. Uh, comedian, had the Gary Shandling show, does a lot of stand-up. And what's interesting about this is Gary Shandling really likes Pete Holmes, but he's kind of taken aback by the conversation <laughs> and the, the line of questioning that Pete Holmes is doing. So let's let's just take a listen. First of all, I, I, I couldn't, I can't do psychedelics. Couldn't do them when I was young, never did them. My brain chemistry is such that I can't have handle any speed. Mm. And... Uh, so I have many stories about uh, uh, starting in some small manner to try it and never getting far at all. And it's like just what small... you, it would be what you'd picture to be, which is me looking at the expert and saying, what, what is it? What's happening now? And he said, this, this is what you were worried about. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so I never I, I envy people who did uh, psychedelics. I've, yeah. I've been with them when they trip, although I will tell you that the, the danger in that is that they don't. They don't immediately. Uh, this is. I have no right to say this. Write down their perceptions. Mm. Uh, 
And then they forget them. Mm-hmm. And then they forget them. But I mean, I do think it's a good way to open is... up as Ramdas. Ramdas just blew his mind out, didn't he? Yeah, hundreds of times, hundreds of times. The most eloquent, professorial type yeah. guy who was yeah. just like on my one thousandth. It's just funny that he and Timothy Leary closed themselves in a room for like a, a week or something yeah, yeah, in a yeah. house. And if, if you and I did that, it would be maybe a little pot, and then mostly just <laughs> complaining or working through this. I understand the the, the psychedelic uh, hesitance. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody. It, it it scares me, but also I've had a doctor say to me, "You your brain cannot handle uh, speed." Literally, the gray matter of your brain, or he meant the diagnosis of your personality. Well, that's a good question because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't split it. But it sounded like he really knew what he was talking about. Was he a neurologist or was he a talk therapist? I was online too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to do something. Here's going to be a uh, Pete. <laughs> Follow it. My Gary. my issue, dude, isn't that. <laughs> I need to crack my ego open. My issue is actually I need to strengthen my ego. Mm. So, I, I mean, in general. What does that look like for you? Uh, Where do you wish you had a beefier ego? Uh, there's just, I'm happy to discuss that with you, but... It's just a few layers, but I'm happy to discuss it with you. I just, I probably need to get a snack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm actually using up a lot of, you're using, you're, you know, you're excellent at this. (laughs) And, you know, I'd like you when you're done to destroy my house. (laughs) I think you could just ask questions to the walls until they fall. So I think it's always so interesting when you have comedians of two generations that are are running into each other in a, in a situation like that, right? Like when you have, um, I, I'm never not funny as a podcast uh, hosted by Jimmy Pardo, who's anyway he's he's in his late forties, but he'll have comedians who are in their seventies come on the show, clearly from a, a previous era, the people that Jimmy Pardo was watching on TV when he was a kid, and it's so interesting that they mesh perfectly because they're both tremendous comedians. But also there's a really interesting intergenerational tension there. And I definitely got that from this also, where there's there's a degree to which they're definitely not connecting. And that's part of what gives it like a cool tension, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that there's another clip I want to show you okay. real quick. And it's a shorter clip with Gary Shandling kind of dissecting why this interview is going on so long (laughs) and and so let me just play that but you had something that changed your life that changed no if i was on the red carpet i would (laughs) (laughs) there was two other things to discuss but you you talk about you were talking about the sort of paranormal yeah paranormal yeah uh, I think the middle ground is always the best. If, if we should end on sort of something like this. Yeah. The middle ground is sort of the Buddhist answer. So you're not too far afield one way or, or the other. Um, so, uh, but you, you, you can edit this, right? I, otherwise, I'm going to feel like I gotta, I'm just going to stop. You're going you're gonna to cut it down a little. <laughs> Is he going to cut it down? Well, no one can take this. 
People, people are gonna love it. People take this. I know what they're all like. This. It's called you made it weird. It's like weird moments. It's please lulls. go to sleep. Please go to sleep. Please go to sleep right now if you're hearing this. <laughs> this is you know what? I, I swear I didn't realize till I, I till I just realized that I'm holding a mic to my mouth that this was being recorded. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. That. <laughs> I that's that's podcasts are so great for that stuff that you can podcasts go on long enough that the people who are guests on podcasts forget that they're on the podcast and you're you're Barack Obama you're busy you're the definition of busy but you're sitting in Mark Maron's garage for two hours and by 45 minutes in you're you're saying stuff you haven't said for you know he made the news saying stuff he hasn't said in in a while because he was comfortable right right <laughs> and that's you know, like he was saying, he kind of came to, it sounds like, oh gosh, I'm still, I'm still talking about this. Um, and he also said, Pete Holmes said, or he said to Pete Holmes, you know, you're really good at this. <laughs> you know, he's getting, he's getting at things that, you know, maybe he talks to his yeah. therapist about, but <laughs> you know. Well, I think there's a lot of, uh, similarity between like a therapist and kind of what a good friend does when you're just having a chat, you know, mm-hmm. because a therapist and and I've been to therapy a couple of times here and there and um, probably should be in therapy right now. Like I think everyone probably should be in therapy. Like I think therapy mm-hmm. is probably one of like the great inventions of the world, but your therapist is like not putting themselves into it at all. And obviously you don't expect a friend um, to not put themselves into it at all, but a, f- a friend who you're having a really good conversation with or, a podcast host who's trying to get a really good conversation out of somebody. I think it's interesting how they are asking just by asking questions and putting the attention or the the attention back on the person who's being interviewed or, or whatever they keep talking. Oh, it's all about me. Everybody in this room says it's all about me. So, so it is, I'll just keep talking. Did you want to go to the next clip or we can do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. This, uh, this this is kind of an interesting thing because, as I said, he brings on maybe f- you can call them philosophers, religious um, personalities, people from different religions. Um, but he also does have comedian a lot of comedians on and young comedians and people that that he knows in his life that he's worked with. And this this next person, Josh Rubin, is not a very well known comedian, um, although he's done some stuff and he's he's a writer and he does some producing. Um, but him and him and Pete, for whatever reason, just had this chemistry and they just did basically the whole two hours. This is all bits and all impressions of different people. And this is one of those ones where, you know, they didn't talk about anything metaphysical. It was all jokes. It was all bits, a, a joke every every 10, 15 seconds, which I like, which for me, the philosophical stuff is fun and interesting. Um, but the shows I mostly listen to are high bit saturation that's what i'm all about so cool well let's take a listen broken lizard boys just then on their way out that's why they that's who those familiar. are they've done college humor stuff that's why okay i'm not here to introduce people or help people <laughs> realize how they already. knew yeah we're recording just the recording <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a laugh one you got a fire on me <laughs> <laughs> I walk in, you got a wire on me. I walk in. <laughs> you make me think I'm walking in to have a private conversation. You <laughs> De Niro, it's great to have you on. Well, the, the only thing, you know, the impression is really just that 
It's all the breath. Everything I do is just weird breath. Yeah, yeah. that is just that. That's the a, breath, everything. But that's it, Phil Hoffman, too. That's a, Phil Hoffman. It's a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the difference. Dinner's. And, uh, and, and yeah, Phil Hoffman is. <laughs> just incrementally, uh, uh, it's a little more death Darth Vader. <laughs> I have to do 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 De Niro do De Niro. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's funny because like what's that what's that guy's name? Uh, um, Frankie, what's his face? Frank, who's, who's that guy? Frank, oh Frank Caliendo who does De Niro. You know everyone who does De Niro is like, uh, and I growing up watching SNL and everything, you see people do De Niro like really cartoonish. Yeah, but I met him because I did background on uh, Good Shepherd. Uh-huh. And yeah, and he and the Damon vehicle exactly, and he chose all of the background actors like by hand. You had to come in, hand him your resume. On the back of my resume, it says special skills. You know, like can drive manual, uh, passport, impressions. This person, this person, Robert De Niro, and he's like really quiet, sweet, really yeah, tired-looking yeah, 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 yeah. old man. Yeah. And he's going down. I'm the last person in <laughs> the five people, bring five people in at a time, and I handed him my headshot, <laughs> and he looked all the way down. And he's like, Oh, Josh, I'm this Oh, <clears throat> the impression of Rob De Niro. I'm not gonna go there. It's just like, wow. And so I just, I, I just pride myself on just making a wrist really quiet, like, like a real one. Yeah, yeah. Just come on down to the Tribeca Film Festival. We'll, we'll have cookies. You know, just like, just a really well, sweet, that's what, when Bob inarticulate. Cat, when man. Bobcat Goldthwait was on the show, he pointed. Wow, Willow Creek. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> We talked about Robin Williams, like a real Robin wow. Williams impression. Wow. <laughs> is also understood. Well, the thing about life is one day you'll be dead. <laughs> I don't know why it's an elephant sort of at the end of everything I say, but that's the other thing too, but people do Robin Robin Williams, they just but go when, crazy. When I do them, because I do a lot of Yeah, yes, go, yes. You, her, 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 yeah, right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's what And it's not does. wrong. It's not wrong. It's just but, a, it's a 1980s, you know, live at the Met <laughs> Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. But, but then Bobcat's thing was he was like, "That's just wonderful. That's wonderful." Like, I can't yeah. even do it, but it was uh, just it's just really, you know, and, and it's yeah, beautiful. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, like right, saying yeah, something yeah. positive yeah. and like sweet. And you know, you sort of walk in and the dolphins are all just sort of swimming around and you sort of think, <laughs> "I love kids." But you know, also Dick, what? Simba. <laughs> but then you just sort of walk in and you think, you know, divorce is sort of like having your balls dragged up through your wallet. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and he also sits there just like sort of holding himself like well <laughs> I see I pick up on these little things. I you know, you, yeah. like he holds himself a little bit. <laughs> like Ray Charles. Like Ray like Ray Charles. I'm not, I'm not trying really to be funny. Is. Ray Charles holds really himself does, like yeah. that and, But so does Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hold myself. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, hold, hold on the phone. <laughs> Quaka, holdy. <laughs> Goldie Han. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a little big for me, frankly, but. <laughs> <laughs> the moon, like a testicle, hangs low in the sky. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do the. <clears throat> It's <laughs> like everything just ending with why? a sound. Yeah, but, but no, that's sort of the thing. You sort of end up going, why? <laughs> <laughs> it's always ending with an animal thing. Fate Holmes is having fun. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's, he's laughing a lot throughout this podcast. <laughs> that's something you get in podcasts that you don't get anywhere else is everybody on a podcast is having so much fun. You're not watching late night. I mean, sometimes you're watching a late night talk show. And they laugh and they break, and that's 
rare special moment, right? I, for me, when you know, when when I was getting into podcasts, when I was getting into Smodcast, right at the beginning, that show they didn't really ha- have it. They were too awkward to be having fun, and the, when they started just losing themselves in laughter, that's when it got interesting to me because I was like, "This is like a re- these are, people are really having fun. Like this is not like this is, I guess, amateur. They're professionals, but it's like it's so personal." It's, right. It Intimate. might as well yeah. just be some some people who, who turned a, a recorder on on their phone. They just happen to be like professional, funny people. Well, you get to <laughs> yeah, you get to be a witness, a fly on the wall to their conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. And that that episode just keeps going. I mean, they, they just they they do not stop talking like that. That's the for best. Two hours. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I can. I I get a lot of uh, people say that Pete Holmes is kind of an acquired taste, and I can I can definitely see that. Um, but the more you kind of get to know him, he's like that friend that you're just you're just <laughs> you kind of put up with some of the, the overbearingness <laughs> because he just is that funny. Well, he definitely sounds like he loves himself. He does. He talks about that all the time, and his intentions are always good. His right. intentions of of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to spread, the, the word he's trying to spread. I yeah. released an episode a few weeks ago about the show Get Up On This, um, which is hosted by these two very, very funny guys who are very well connected in Hollywood and are really proud of themselves and what they've done in Hollywood. And I had people um, respond to who had never heard that show before who said, gosh, these guys are really full of themselves, huh? And I'm like, no, they're not full of themselves. They're successful. They love their, They love what they've pulled off you know and i'm i mean pete holmes is he's got a little bit of success he had that tv show that that hung around for a couple of seasons his podcast is successful um but i really like listening to somebody who's like even if they don't have it figured out who just likes themselves i don't know like Mm -hmm. i'm pro kanye you know what i'm saying like yourself (laughs) right right? it's cool it's good do that right yeah but i yeah so i like that about about pete so you wanna what? What else do you uh, what else do you have for us, Devin? The next clip I brought you is just a small clip with uh, Brian Greene, who is a who's a physicist, a theor- theoretical physicist, and he's he's written several books and he's very well known in to the caliber of Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know right. that, that okay. type of of physicist, and but also really is able to break down the. Who is really able to break down these complex ideas of the universe into something people can understand? And Pete Holmes, throughout this whole episode, is just cackling at <laughs> these explanations of the universe. So let's, let's just take let's a listen. Let's hear it. Space, the fabric itself can stretch. Yeah. So you don't need new fabric. You don't need new realms in that sense because if you stretch the fabric, there's now more fabric. There's more space just from the stretching process itself. Mm. <laughs> Would you tell the good people uh, at home? I love this thing that you said because I, I, I love how is lofty a good word? Uh, it depends. I mean it in the good way. Yes, yeah, sure. Lofty, big, grandiose, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. gorgeous. Oh, I love that. Uh, all those things uh, you can be, but you also have this beautiful artistic sense of humility. And you were telling the story about if the universe is expanding and the idea that in the distant future we would have starless ah, skies. Yes. And then our most powerful telescopes wouldn't. Would you tell the people this? Yeah, well, there's a, love- there's a wonderful fact that we <laughs> learned about in 1998 
through powerful astronomical observations of the cosmos, which showed us that the universe is speeding up in its expansion. That was a huge surprise. We learned in 1929 that the universe is expanding, but everybody thought it would be slowing down over time for the same reason that when you throw a ball up in the air, it goes up slower and slower because gravity pulls it back. I didn't know that. That one you know. That one you know. No, I'm not kidding. No, I was like, did. I didn't know that. That's gravity? Yeah. I was like, cool. uh, There you go. So, so the thought was <laughs> that every galaxy pulls on every other galaxy and should slow the expansion of space. But in 1998, these two teams of astronomers who won the Nobel Prize for this result found that the distant galaxies are rushing away faster and faster. Got to give them the prize for that. Yeah, that was a huge, <laughs> huge, a hugely surprising result. But what does it mean? So going to your question, yeah. if the distant galaxies are rushing away faster and faster, then sooner or later they will actually rush away from us faster than the speed of light. Hmm. Very unfamiliar idea. Most people think nothing can go faster than the speed of light. That's not true. So the distant galaxies can rush away faster than the speed of light, which would mean that we can't see them any longer. The light they emit fights a losing battle to mm. travel from them to us <laughs> with their, they're traveling away too fast which means that deep space not not locally there'll still be stuff around us yeah but if you look into deep space in the far future it'll be dark it'll be black inky black stillness we'll think that we are just an island oasis in a universe that is static you see yeah. the only reason we know that the universe is expanding is because we see the stuff that's rushing away but once it rushes away so far so fast that we can't see it we won't even have the diagnostic test to realize that the universe is expanding which means that astronomers in the very, very far future, assuming that they exist, yeah. they'll look out into space and come to the wrong conclusion yes. about reality. Right. They will think that there's nothing out there and the universe is static and unchanging. And they'll have so much evidence for that. Yeah, that's right. So and why would they look back to us with our seemingly biblical – I just mean yeah, as an yeah, old exactly, book. Exactly. Because some people say, well, <laughs> well, come on. We'll just you know, write it down on a, on a piece of paper right. or in some iPad. You know, get this information to right. these guys that's in the Moses far future. That's what Moses was thinking with the stone. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly the point. So the astronomer in the far future, when they – Look at this statement from the distant past, billions of years in the past, saying that the universe is actually filled with galaxies. You won't see any in the far future because they've all rushed away. It'll just be mythical. Yeah. It'll just be like, you know, some Greek myth passed down to us because the astronomer in the far future, I think, will trust their own state of the art observations. Sure. They'll trust what they can actually see. Well, and what they see will be wrong. Does that does that speak to the importance of myth? <laughs> You know, I don't know. I mean, I think myth is important for many reasons. It does naturally raise the question, could we be in the position right now of those future astronomers of and of, of, you know, thinking that we have the deep understanding of reality when certain deep features have escaped us for, right. for some reason or another? It's possible. It's hard for me to see that that would be the case, but I could be just as blind as I'm imagining that future astronomer right. would be. So, so, so yes, there, there, there is something disturbing. That's a universe folding in on itself yeah, right yeah, there. Exactly. That, I agree that is insane. Yes. That is a wild concept. I had yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, the other one, the, he has uh, Deepak Chopra on. Uh-huh. And talks about the idea of now, since D Deepak Chopra is kind of widely regarded as a quack, right? Right. Okay. I mean, he's not a scientist. Okay. He's basically takes science and kind of popularizes it. Okay. But um, as far as my, my opinion, sure. <laughs> um, Deepak, but, uh, don't uh, don't come at us. Right. But he was he was basically saying this theory that the universe starts off, you know, and he was on Pete Holmes' show talking about this all at the same time. 
And so when you're looking at a galaxy far, far away, it looks like it's in the Stone Age. But really, or you, you might see it at a certain point with certain telescopes and it has dinosaurs. Uh-huh. But if, if we're talking about the speed of light, if you could look at it at the same time that we're having this conversation, it actually has evolved to the same point that we are in. Right. So it's like when you look at it in a telescope, it actually ages the, the planet, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> it is interesting. So it may be evolving at the same rate that we are, <laughs> right. but we don't know because we can't see that. I read an interesting uh, piece of fluff media on the Internet that <laughs> right. compared Deepak Chopra tweets to um, computer-generated uh, tweets that were designed to sound profound without having a meaning. <laughs> And you actually yeah. cannot um, tell the difference between the two. <laughs> That's hilarious. One of my favorite episodes of You Made It Weird is the episode with uh, late comedian Harris Whittles. Um, Harris Whittles was a, a tremendous, tremendous comedian and TV writer who died of a drug overdose um, just over a year ago. Uh, but his his appearance on, and he was he's always been tremendously good on podcasts. He was a frequent guest on Comedy Bang Bang, which was one of the um, funniest podcast out there, and he was one of the funniest repeat segments ever on that show. Yeah, so on this on this episode with with Harris Whittles, Pete Holmes goes in with Harris about like, is death bad? <laughs> like taking <laughs> taking the most fundamental, and obviously that's sad now in hindsight, you know. But taking the most fundamental like things that we all are like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to die. That's the first that's the first thing. Then where do you go from there? And Pete Holmes is like. But why? Like, but why? And it's it's really interesting way to think. And it's it's that's something that I like from what the, the clips I'm hearing here. He's asking questions. He's not just trying to be a good listener. Like I was saying before, he's like actually he's curious about all of the stuff he's he's hearing about, which I like. He generally seems like he's having fun. I'm gonna let you set this Harris Whittle clip up. Yeah. So in this clip, uh, Harris and Pete, um, it's sort of in the middle of the show, and coming down to fundamentally why they like jokes and and why jokes are funny and the jokes that they can't help but make and this is something i've heard in a couple of the pete holmes clips i've heard is jokes that come to him without him trying to to have them happen to him and they just permeate his life after after he's heard the jokes so yeah let's let's take a listen here hear what joe harris has to say i remember in the parks and rec (laughs) writing room one time and these are comedians yeah these are all like the funniest people ever, but um, there was a writer who came in one day and she was uh, in a kind of just like shocked. She looked like just kind of in a daze and she was like, I just saw a car run over, run up onto a curb and hit a family of people and they, they flew up into their like, like bowling pins and this um, is a true story. This is a true story. And so she said that and everyone, you know, we do our, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's, it was shocking. And then within five minutes, someone spilled a cup of pens, of writing pens. Yeah. And I went, oh, flew up in the air like bowling pins. <laughs> All I'm and doing, she was I, like, I feel everything right now. Yeah. I feel every feeling. And she didn't respond positively to me making that joke. Yeah. So my response was to keep making that joke. Oh, you have to all day you gotta until double down. she. Yeah, it's called the Letterman. Yes, exactly. It didn't work. Keep. Doing it was it. working on other people, but yeah. I think me and this person's relationship is forever tarnished because, of, like, well, she it, saw it, we have it. A, yes, yes, she saw it. Yeah. 
that's the thing is that I pride myself on being like, I f- you can't fucking offend me if you tried. Or like, yeah. I'm awesome. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I'll yeah. say it all. <laughs> and, but then something happened. Like, but then I realized it's because I didn't have to f- deal with any of that. My niece was born with hearing loss. Yeah. And if I hear a deaf joke now, I get kind of bristly. That's, that's what Steve Martin says is like when we're young is when we make cancer jokes and then all your friends start getting cancer. That's completely and true. Stop. And I'm finally starting to see that now. And similarly with all those uh, slurs that you just threw out is that like you also didn't experience those plights. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, can, I know, you, I know I, you know that. Yes. By the way. No, I, I didn't I, think I was I can teaching say, you. <laughs> like, I didn't, you know, I'm Jewish. Are I didn't you, live you, through the Holocaust. Right. So. Right. We're, I th- we're just treading over the dumbest territory now. This is like... No, I think it's great. Okay. That that whole episode with Harris Whittles is wild. I mean, knowing that six months later, Harris Whittles died of a drug overdose. And that episode of the show is about Harris's struggles with his addiction, which gives it a lot of weight that I don't think it's foreign to like Pete Holmes, as I understand it necessarily. Um, but it certainly isn't isn't like a totally lighthearted good time. Even the story itself is is dark without any of that context. But it is a really wild, really harrowing story told by one of uh, the f- just funniest people ever, in, in my opinion. So that episode of You Made It Weird is really my um, entree into the entire show. And that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to let you tell me what it's all about, right? Because that show, that episode, you know, being having been a fan of, of Harris Whittles and hearing when it came out what a wild story it was and then listening to it again when I was sort of reeling um, from from his death to, to sort of deal with it in whatever way I needed to, um, it was just, it's such a great episode of a podcast. Not because it's, like, good that it happened, but it's just such a well-constructed, amazing story told in such a, an interesting cool way and i think pete's inquisitiveness on that episode and his ability to take all of the context out of what he's talking about you know harris whittles is talking in this story he's talking about absolutely horrible stuff um but it's interspersed throughout with him and pete talking about like why does it matter why are we sad that we die everyone all literally everyone dies you know like stuff like that where it's like they are they're taking themselves so completely out of it that they can deal with this story in a way that's like almost like clinical removal of themselves without taking themselves out of the ability to make jokes about it and be funny about it because they're both hilarious people. So I, I love that. I love that episode of the show. Yeah, I think it's something also people can really learn from as well because the, through the struggles, you know, and this is this is true of a lot of comedians that potentially come from from. Uh, broken homes or have some sort of substance abuse have, problem. They have some reason that they've become comedians. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, that, you know, it is, a, it is a constant struggle that you don't see because they're on stage and they're cracking jokes and you don't really necessarily see that side of it. Yeah. It's wild how many comedians who die young of drug overdose, too. Anyway, I don't know if that's what we need to talk about here while we're trying to hype up <laughs> Pete Holmes' show. But <laughs> Well, he makes it weird. That's for sure. <laughs> he sure does. He sure does. I will say this, though. Pete Holmes, I don't know if he's going to make a, a huge... He did have that talk show for a while yeah. on, on, on TBS, but he just signed um, a, a 
deal for a series with HBO or they're producing it now with Judd Apatow. That's so big. I think potentially if the show is good and it gets some traction, he, you'll see people, he'll become a more common household name. Yeah. Devin, thanks for joining me on the podcast preview this week. Let's tell everyone about your show, Media on the Radio. Yeah, Media on the Radio is a is a weekly podcast that gets released on iTunes as well. I'm hope, fingers crossed, hoping to get on WERA uh, locally in Arlington, Virginia. Um, but it's a it's a conversation interview show where we do a, an interview and feature a different media professional each week uh, from a different part of the media field. So radio, television, social media, film, and try and get an understanding of how a young person might be able to break into the media field. So asking them what's um, what to study in college, what skills to develop so that they can be ready in the next five, ten years to get, to break into the media field. It's a really cool show. I listened to a couple episodes, and I was the guest on there. And you were featured. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that. Um, I was, uh, I guess, two weeks ago when this comes out. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was a really cool conversation. So uh, listeners of this show might want to check that one out. Um, and that's, uh, what is it, at Media on Radio on Twitter? That's correct. And just Media on the Radio on iTunes. That's right. That was a blast. Thanks for listening to the podcast preview. Do you want to talk about podcasts? Is there a show you think I should recommend? You can send me a message on Facebook or Twitter at Podcast Preview. You can subscribe to the show and never miss an episode by searching The Podcast Preview in your favorite podcast app. And you can stay up to date on our website at BenviewNetwork.com slash Podcast Preview. That's Benview Network. That's our new uh, podcast network. We're still very excited about that. Next week on the show, I'm going to talk to podcasting legend Jesse Thorne, host of Bullseye on NPR and owner of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. I'm Aaron Prince-Staley. I'll talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Where are the white women at? Shut up, Leonard. I found you. Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, and if you like community and you'd like to hear us talk about it every week, you can go to BenviewNetwork.com slash ShutUpLeonard. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider. Shut up, Leonard. Pop, pop.